Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron, And I'm Clayton. And I'm the romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. <laughs> um, this is a big week. It's huge. This is a very requested book. When we announced that we were doing Wallflowers May, all anybody wanted to talk about was this book. There's riots in the streets. Truly, yeah. Cars got overturned. Mm-hmm. Small fires were set. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, what we read this week was The Devil in Winter by our queen, Lisa Claypass. Though I shouldn't plan to stay long if I were you, I'm easily bored, and your reputation is hardly that of a scintillating conversationalist. Evangeline didn't flinch at his rudeness. Sebastian couldn't help but wonder what kind of upbringing had inured her so thoroughly to insult, when any other girl would have flushed or burst into tears. Either she was a peewit, or she had remarkable nerve. So, like I mentioned, we got a ton of recommendations for St. Vincent. I didn't have the time or inclination to go through all of our, like, Twitter or uh, Instagram comments, but there were a lot there. But um, And I don't have access, so that's why I couldn't do it. You drive me bonkers. <laughs> you have access to everything. <laughs> so we got a few emails. I thought I would just read a few lines from them. Um so from Hannah, she was giving us a bunch of suggestions, and she said, Devil in Winter, a bad boy Regency historical with a marriage of convenience. It is pretty darn great. Um, from Renee, the Wallflower series by Lisa Claypass. I love Derek Craven, but I am excited to see what you think of Sebastian St. Vincent. And then from Sarah, um, I am so freaking excited for this month's podcast, The Wallflowers. Clayton is going to lose his ever-loving mind with Devil in Winter if he does not want to get it on with St. Vincent, then he is dead to me. Strong words. Strong words from Sarah. <laughs> well, we'll see Sarah. Yeah. Um, so before we dive in, because we do have lots of thoughts and feelings. Well, I've been hearing about, just to say, ever since we read Dreaming of You mm-hmm. and I became a Craven King, I have been hearing the whispers about St. Vincent. St. Vincent, you need to check out St. Vincent. Wait until you meet St. Vincent. So there's been a huge kind of uh, run-up to this. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I do think it's, it's finally here, and it's very interesting to be in this position because I've been, you know, anticipating St. Vincent for so long. Now, we did get a taste of him in the previous book, mm-hmm. and it was a bitter taste. <laughs> uh, it left a bitter taste in my mouth, I'll yeah. say. It's not a great first impression for him. No! It's not. No, not at all. Just a quick uh, kidnapping of your best friend's wife. And like threats of assault, sexual assault, you know. Uh, But he was just goofing. (laughs) Just a goof. You know how you do. But then you don't. But then you don't. And you never were gonna. Mm -mm. Um, But, the the, of course, as we said, the magic of Clay Pass is that she can take somebody who we would look at as a bastard or uh, a son of a bitch and she can make us like him. Yeah. Now, did I like him? That's something that we'll talk about. Yeah, that's something you have to stay tuned. First, the covers. Mm. Um, Judge a cover. I mean, I think with these, it's sort of like they're all the same. It's basically like either you have the older version, which is just like a house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's the thought process with just showing real estate on the covers of these? I don't know. It was a very like early aughts. Just landscape. Do people more covet houses at that point, owning thing like owning houses, than they did people? 
like looking at a beautiful no like looking at a beautiful woman they'd rather be like but what house do they live in it was i mean it was before the housing uh crisis crisis. so maybe people were like oh i could have i could put two (laughs) percent down on that house i can afford this this was a way to sell houses (laughs) yeah they were like oh yeah i could make that in a in a district with horrible schools and then sell it for profit (laughs) so they would so people would just go with the cover of elisa claypass novel and be like do you got anything like this in an area with a good school (laughs) like yeah sure but do you drivable to major city yeah yeah um they're like, oh, you make uh, $40,000 a year? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah who cares? Yeah, come on, whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. We're just going to package this. Adam McKay's going to make a great movie about it. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, it was a rough time for everybody. I'm happy we reminded them of that. Anyway, so the other one is just Evie looking out a window. She's gorge. It's gorge. I love it. Yes. Those these... are my favorite. The covers with this, the women in the beautiful dresses are the best. I will buy them for myself. If there was hardcover, I would buy those too and put them up on my wall. So real quick, let's see if we can do this in like under 30 seconds, just in case you're one of the like 0.01% who have not read Devil in Winter. How dare you? I mean, I don't know what's happening in your life, Yeah, but what could supersede this? I don't know. (laughs) But real quick, what is it about? So Evie, one of the wallflowers, comes to St. Vincent and says, hey, I'm an abusive uh, situation with my family. Will you marry me to get it, uh, get out of this? He agrees to, but he says, listen, I'm a scumbum. You know it. So sh- they agree. They go to Scotland, have an anvil marriage. He buys her a bullshit ring that ends up being a cherished object. And then she goes to see her dying father, Evo Jenner, who we met in Dreaming of You. And he dies after a very sweet scene with him and St. Vincent. And Eva was running a gaming hell and St. Vincent takes it over and then they learn to love each other while he runs the business. Pretty good, right? Well done. That was excellent. Yeah. I say Ivo. You think it's Evo? It's Ivo. Okay. But definitely Ivo, but I say Evo (laughs) because I I make up whatever name I want it to be. That's why when I I do look to you for that, because I never really say names correctly. Mm -hmm. I just whatever sounds fine. But it, it is Ivo because Ivo. If it was Evo, it'd be Evo. Evoo. Yeah. Rachel Ray, if she was naming people. Um, Rachel Ray. Evo extra virgin olive oil. Oh, she that's was, like, right. Yells it as she pours it in something. Is she still a thing? She still is alive. Okay. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. Well, when does this podcast come out? <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's just get into it. Yeah, so... What did we think? What were our favorite scenes? Well, this is a spectacular book. Yes, well... And the reason I liked it so much is because we do move away from the setting of the past two books, Mm -hmm. which I loved, but was getting a little stale by the end. And I love a gambling hell. I gotta say, I, I just... I like the fact that it is a place where anybody can come in and you can deal with all these degenerates and having somebody like Evie, who is an innocent, uh, having to deal with all this debauchery, I think is an interesting dichotomy. The other thing that I like about the gambling house, especially this one, is that there's so many secret entrances and passageway. I mean, everybody knows I love secret places, secret passageways. So that I, I just love it just makes me tingle when I think about a place where there's so many different like catty corners and like little places you can be. 
but it was an awesome book. It was probably my favorite of the three that we've read so far. What did you think? No, I loved it as well. I mean, as I read it, this was probably my third or fourth reread of it. So, yeah, I've loved it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> a trope. Yeah. I um, I think I really love Evie because I think in a lot of books, they're either like there's a lot of very headstrong women and I love a headstrong woman. You are a headstrong woman. I am a headstrong woman. I like, you know, people who say what they want, people who don't fit in and stuff. But Evie, just that she has this like really quiet way about her where she just sort of like slowly moves towards what she wants and in a really deliberate way and in a really quiet way, doesn't let anything get in the way of, of what the bigger goal is for her. And I think watching her do that and then watching Sebastian, who is this like live wire, like slowly recognize that and then move towards the same goal together. I just really, really love as far as like a, um, as a story. And I also that they get married so early and then it is just about like, okay, well now how do we build a marriage? See, I like that Mm -hmm. because most of the books we read are by halfway point. They're just realizing that they love each other and they want to have sex and all this stuff. Now it does take, I think longer for them to actually have a functioning marriage, but them being married so early does mean they have to cohabitate earlier and, play as a husband and wife in a way that I thought was really awesome. And yes, St. Vincent's arc is a really interesting arc. It did end up being something that I did not think I would like St. Vincent. And I ended up liking him a lot more. Now, is he at the point where he's a a craven? No. I mean, I'm just going to say straight out, like he's not in competition there. But I definitely enjoyed him becoming a better person and also less of a vain dick because things happen in this book where, you know, he starts – he used to be just frivolous and he would just be a floozy and, and bed women and he was excited when women would be so upset that he, he left them that they would feign suicide. He was a guy who had no purpose. And when he takes over for uh, Ivo and he takes over the gambling hell, you see him become a guy with purpose and he changes himself to be somebody that is running a business. And I thought that was really cool when he goes in and he looks at the books and he's like, this this is somebody's screwing over this business and he starts firing people and he's going to take it over. I got excited about him as a character then. Well, I think the interesting thing with St. Vincent, too, is, like, you learn more about his background. I mean, obviously, the introduction to him is him being sort of like a wastrel in um, It Happened One Autumn. And then abruptly he kidnaps his best friend's fiance and kind of threatens to rape her. And then his best friend beats him up. And that's sort of the end of Uh it. That's it. And you're kind of like, where, what, where can we go from here? But then when you learn more about his background, it's like he is somebody who just didn't really experience love. And I think something that's interesting in all of these books is 
sort of the exploration of friendship. And so there's obviously the wallflowers who we all know and love and who are very like outwardly friend friendly with each other and friends. But then we see male friendship as well, because Westcliff is sort of the linchpin of um, Sebastian and being a friend to him since they were young. Um, Simon also friends with him and uh, later Matthew. And it's interesting because I think it's showing too that men aren't always equipped with the um, tools to process pain the pain that they've experienced his childhood and Sebastian uh, or St. Vincent, his mother died when he was very young. His father was kind of an asshole. He didn't have any siblings. I don't think. Not that they mentioned. Yeah. And so he grew up very, very lonely. And I do think that there gets to be a point when you are friends with somebody for a long time and you have that feeling that you are like, let me see how far I can push this person and they'll keep coming back. And I think that's almost what it was with Westcliff, where he was like, let me see, can I push this far? Can I push this far? Can I push this far? And Westcliff would always come back. Mm -hmm. And I think Sebastian almost just wanted to see where that limit was. And he found it. But not really, because then Westcliff comes back again. Yeah, Westcliff uh, forgives him. Yeah, which is good. I think there was an understanding that, and it's mentioned earlier in the book, that St. Vincent Evie asked him, would you have done anything to Lillian? And he said, no. Yeah. But he was, he would, he said, well, what do you think? Do you think I would have? Maybe. And then he's like, no, I actually wouldn't have done that. And she's also like, no, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. Yeah. She knows him. She knows his heart. She's, she is starting to see him as a guy who actually has a heart. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I did love their relationship and how it grew. Now, uh, well, just one last, but then I do think that the thing that changes St. Vincent is like once he has someone to focus on and take care of and have take care of him in return, he is like a duck to water. Like he loves taking care of Evie. He is very considerate, like from the beginning when they're going to Gretna Green and he is getting the brick and the foot warmer and all those like scenes that are so lovely, like having her cuddle up against him before they're like really romantically involved um, shows that there was like this well of love that he wanted to express. He had no place to put it. Yeah. The fact that he buys her. Gets her the heated brick mm-hmm. and then and then gets her like the foot warm. That that is such a huge deal for someone like him because it's show it's showing that he knows what her needs are and wants to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so sweet. That was and usually, you know, it's not about buying somebody a material thing because it is a material thing, but it, it's what it symbolizes is so much more mm-hmm. that I know your feet always get cold. Here's something that's going to alleviate that. That's such a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, so we do have to talk about though, that when he starts taking over the gambling hell, we meet a certain young gentleman <laughs> that also has been mentioned to me, uh, in, in the past couple weeks. Yeah. A gentleman named Cam, who anybody who said, Clayton, wait till you meet Cam, you're right on the money because I'm a Cam boy. <laughs> I'm 100% a Cam boy. Now, again, not not Derek because he's different than Derek. Yeah. He's younger. Uh, it's a different kind of situation. But I'm telling you, you throw Cam into this book. And it makes that's what made this book great, too, because the side characters are really awesome in this. Cam especially. He's got 
long dark hair. He's he's got jewelry. He is a guy that, like I was saying about Saint Vincent, Saint Vincent is too much like me when in his vanity, in his obsession with himself. I feel like um, not having those that person to like direct that towards is damaging. I think for myself, and I saw that in Saint Vincent, but someone like Cam. The way he reacted to situations, he was so chill, and <laughs> uh, he he's just exotic. And I think I that's somebody who I re, I aspire to be more like, and therefore there's the attraction. So I really was into Cam, and because what he did with Vincent, Vincent got really upset when uh, Evie knows Cam and has a sort of relationship at least. And at first, it you know it could seem like a flirtation. But Vincent got so jealous and Cam reacted in a way like, OK, let's see if I can push this a little bit. And then also didn't get aggressive with him, which I was like, that's great. I don't want a guy that's going to get up in Vincent's face and go to that level because he, he sees Vincent's weakness and, and didn't exploit it because he's he's a guy who says, I'm just going to let this guy hang himself, which made me nuts. Like, I loved it. Because you wouldn't be able to do that. No, I'd be right in his face. <laughs> I'd be up in his face. And that's the thing. It's like, I aspire to be more like Cam. Also, I'm sure Cam could wear, like, a really long T-shirt. Yeah, you know, he could, wear, he, uh, he could wear a long button-up. He could dress so cool. Uh, oh, you know, everything looks good on Cam. Uh, uh, yeah, everything looks good on Cam. Like, if Cam had lived in like the 20, 20th or the 21st century, he'd be on a runway somewhere in Milan. What is your thoughts on Cam? I think my thoughts on Cam are also colored because I've read The Hathaways, which is his series. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the first one I think is Mind Till Midnight, and that's Amelia and Cam. But so I know his like backstory and everything too. He never loses the cool though. He stays like, like just slick he does feel like somebody who walks in a room and everyone pays attention mm-hmm. like and he's quiet it, like he doesn't need to say anything yes. he doesn't need to be boastful he just sort of shows up and everyone's like and who's this guy it's the power in silence that he has mm-hmm. that is so attractive where vincent he does have cutting comebacks and remarks but i know that hides his insecurities that's that like when he says something extremely clever it's because he doesn't f- he doesn't feel worthy in his silence where cam does that's such a huge deal to me yeah so i'm a cam boy i got to say no cam is cam is legit what was some of your favorite well okay first we do have to talk about <laughs> how they do get married and this is exact this was when you said what was your like this is one of my favorite scenes when they get married when they have their first, when they're like tied together by the wrist and they make out. No, that's extraordinarily sexy. Okay, but before that, when they go to the um, the guy to get married, and he's like, "Oh, you need a you need um, a bouquet," and so he sends his daughters out to like pick weeds, and then he's like, "Oh, you need a this, you need a that," and then it ends up being like super expensive. Oh, he's upselling him because <laughs> he knows, yeah, like just lying. Um, I thought that was such a funny. And such a good scene. And such a good scene to also break up, like, we just went on the road for so long. And it was just like, oh, geez, let's uh-huh. get there. And then it was so funny. And you were getting carriage sick just from reading it. <laughs> Out get, my feet were cold. Do you get car sick? Yeah, I get car sick really I, bad. I was going to say yes. 
I'm sorry. I forgot that I'm no, not no. allowed to answer questions. <laughs> no, I just like I just like that I kind of know, like I can just assume these things from you. You know what I mean? I'm usually pretty accurate on it. But uh, yeah, so you get car sick. Yeah. So you would get carriage sick. Probably. Yeah. You'd have to stop and just kind of like stretch your legs a little bit every couple miles. It'd be really bumpy too. Think about mm. how the roads would be shit. These carriages are like wooden wheels. You'd be bouncing around. I probably wouldn't be able to handle it. You wouldn't. Yeah. You need your creature comforts. I do. That's another thing. It's like I'm like St. Vincent. Like I need to be able to wash my face before I go to bed every night. I can't. I can't not do it. Yeah. Growing up, I had friends who competed in like cart races and stuff um, with horses. And I never liked driving a cart. It always I didn't feel like I ever had enough control over the horse. And then it was always I don't know. I was always very nervous. You needed to be on top of that horse. Yeah. Yeah. I need my legs to do the work. Uh huh. Um, anyway, yeah. So they're bumpy. Yeah. It's not great that we moved on to cars. And that's why that's a reason why we don't do carriages anymore. (laughs) And like, you know, Central Park. But we've heard your. Yeah. Everybody knows my political stance. Come on, de Blasio. Let's do something about this. So that scene was great. But then they get tied together in like a Celtic ceremony. And. Well, they get the ring, which is my love lies upon you. I know from reading many Scottish romance novels what it meant already, including Outlander. And. Yeah, it was very sweet. Like, there were a few moments of there of like, oh, they're going to. Oh, I knew they would fall in love because obviously, like, it's not a surprise. But the moments of them, like, staring each other's eyes and then him also realizing, like, that a ring would be important to her. And it ends up becoming very important to both of them. Well, you were saying that Lisa Claypass does this. This is a thing she does with important objects. Well, I do want to give credit where credit is due in that Sarah McLean has talked about this a few times. And now that has colored how I read Claypass novels because what Sarah pointed out, I probably in Faded Mates, was that there's always an object that has a lot of significance. So in Dreaming of You, it was the spectacles. Secrets of a Summer Night, it was the boots. And so in this, it is that ring. The ring. Because ultimately, then when. Um, uh, when Evie says that, you know, she's not going to fuck him again ever <laughs> for the rest of time, which seemed like a long time. I was like, I don't know, Evie, like nights are long and cold, like maybe one day. But um, he takes the ring back and he says, you know, once I'm celibate for three months, I'll put this ring back on and basically like screw you like there's no tomorrow. And it was originally going to be six months. She originally said, you can't, we won't have sex for six months. And and, he, and also, you can't have sex with anybody else. It wasn't just her. It yeah. was, she wanted to make sure that St. Vincent could be faithful. And, you know, it's a question, because he was a bit of a slut. So uh, when it was six months, I had in my notes, six months? <laughs> That's a real long time. And then they bargained it down to, th- he bargained it down to three. And I said, That's totally doable. Mm-hmm. But I love that. I love that challenge and him saying, I'm totally going to – fine. I'll, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. And um, so – But they are able to kiss, which thank God. And they do uh, consummate after the wedding because otherwise it's not really a legal marriage. They mm-hmm. have to consummate. And I always love that because it's like, couldn't the two of you just lie? I know, I know. But it's like, no, we have to consummate. It happens in all that in all of these marriages conveniences. It's always like, nope, we have to do it. It's yeah. like we have to fuck right. for twenty pages. Listen, it has to happen. And it has to be really good. Uh-huh. 
Well, there is a little bit of a consent issue here. Okay. Because she's sleeping and he starts doing stuff to her while she's asleep. Here's why I think that's not like that's that wasn't a big issue for me. Okay. Because so they get married the night before they come back to the room. He basically like gets a hot bath for her dinner. And then she's like, oh, all right, let's get to uh, let's get to fucking. And he's like, no, you're exhausted. I'm exhausted. Let's just go to sleep. And then they do. And he starts basically making out with her or like rubbing up on her while she's asleep. And she thinks it's sort of a dream. And then she comes to and realizes it's him. But I'm like, they've already discussed at length that they are going to have sex, that she wants to have sex, everything. So I feel like, no? Yeah, well, no, I mean, you, it's, it was a little on the edge for me because she's asleep and she wasn't really able to completely consent in the moment. Because like talking about having sex earlier doesn't give you consent later necessarily right? i know i mean you know i'm i don't mean to be like talking to you about consent obviously this no, is like I, not me trying to mansplain but that was <laughs> what i was thinking was i was a little skeeved by it because now in the current culture i think about that where you know a couple of years ago i probably i wouldn't even question this mm-hmm. but i think it's good to at least question it no. now was it sexy yes and it's a romance and it's fantasy, so I'm okay with it in that sense. If you want to squirm about it, that's great because it's squirm worthy. But there is a level of me trying to think of in real life, that's something that probably wouldn't, you know, you have to shake them awake and be like, shake them awake. <laughs> no, I'd be no. more upset by being shook <laughs> yeah. away. Hey, hey. No, um, but you, you would, it would, you know, if somebody's falling asleep, you got to like wait till the morning. And then, but also, I think he was just like kind of rubbing on her. You mm-hmm. know what? It wasn't that he was like entering her while she was asleep. Like yeah, I think w- that's an issue. But I think just sort of like heavy petting and a little bit of like kissing someone's neck while they're asleep. I when you are literally married, to, and not that marriage is consent. Yeah, but I do think I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, it can go either way. I just felt a little off about it. And then later when they have sex, I'm all cool with all of it. Oh, yeah. Because then she's 100% in control. And when he, they, they're st- he's still not having sex with her and, and holding up the celibacy, uh, he, you know, they could still kiss. And he goes down on her and says, you didn't tell me where I could kiss. And I was like, that's fucking hot. That oh, was so cool. The moment where he pushes up her skirts, he says, hold this. I'm like, uh-huh. hold this. Yeah, that, that was, was good. That was good. That, that was, was good. up against a door. Oh yeah, yeah. And Vincent's got you know. Listen, he got skills. He's got skills. Nobody's... That's why you like a reformed rake because they know what they're doing. Yeah, but we'll get to. I mean, he's still a little bit too slutty for me. Well, slut shaming. Uh, you're right. I mean, I shouldn't slut shame, but he is still. I mean, for me personally, he's got a little, a few too many miles on the old carriage. If you know what I mean. Really. I think so. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. I mean, oh, whatever. We're already in it, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, because when uh, when they they do break the pack, it's basically like after Sebastian has been sh- shot by Joss Bullard. There's so much that happens in this book. That's well, why the 30-second thing was necessary, because otherwise it'd be four hours. Yeah. Well, Bullard is a guy who worked for uh, uh, Ivo Jenner, mm-hmm. and he got upset 
at Evie because Evie was a daughter who just came into Jenner's life whenever she wanted to kind of thing. That was his perception. Yeah. And we find out Bullard is an illegitimate son Mm -hmm. of Jenner because Jenner liked to spread his seed, talk about a slut. Uh, And he didn't really take care of many of his kids. So, uh, you know, Ivor wasn't a, a, a great guy, although it's hard not to feel sympathy for him in this book because having read about him previously in in dreaming of you and then seeing him in the state that he's in now was really kind of sad and made me think about mortality in a way that I wasn't prepared for. (laughs) But there's a beautiful scene where St. Vincent shaves him. Mm. And I, I really was touched by that. And another point where I thought St. Vincent was like a really better person than I thought, because it's a very tender scene because I was dying and uh, wants a shave and still wants to look presentable because he owns a, a gambling hell and he's a respected guy. And uh, Evie starts to <laughs> try to shave. And it doesn't. And, and it's like, you're going to kill him before he dies. I mean, you're going to end it right now. So in uh, the fact that that Ivo lets him mm-hmm. does not like protest. I just really love that scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talk about Clay Pass and how good of a writer she is, but I do think she is really great. I mean, I, just these kind of scenes that she writes, just they're they're so beautifully done and you can picture them so vividly in your mind. I'm never confused as to what's going on. Even her sex scenes, I'm never confused as to what's going into where, which in Ooh. some of these books yeah. has been an issue yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sex scenes are, I imagine, very difficult to write. Yeah, but she is able to do it so expertly. And like you said, especially when Evie breaks the celibacy after he gets shot, uh, it's so cool because you're like, he was doing it and then she breaks it and it it showed her becoming this more powerful person. But so Bullard shoots him and this is a huge scene for St. Vincent because he sees it before anybody else does that Bullard was somebody he fired because he was a nut. And so he kicks him out when he's cleaning house and he notices him in the corner. He sees the gleam of the gun. He sees Evie. He runs, pushes her out of the way and gets shot. And at first she's like, why are you shoving me? What's your deal? Mm -hmm. And then she flips him over and he's got blood all over him. And he's in a bad way for a little while. And they bring a doctor who wants to bleed him out with a fucking contraption that made me ill thinking about, right? So back then they would, I guess you were say, you were saying that bleeding somebody out became not in vogue around this time, but it was still something that a doctor would do. But it was a box that they were going to put on his arm, right? And it had like 12 blades and it was just going to do small incisions. And I was, oh, don't do it. And St. Vincent was like, I, I'm not going to, if you bleed me out, I'll die. Mm-hmm. So instead, they bring a bunch of uh, plants and shit and rub it all over his wound, and he gets better. Cam comes and is like, here are all these, like... Gypsy. Gypsy trips. Yeah. yeah. Which now I think gypsy is a bad yeah, word. Yeah, we can't say... Well, So we'll say Rom, which is what they later say. Okay, cool. We'll say Rom. Romany. Um, and then that is a point also where Marcus and Lily... And I mean, our love for Lillian, I think, should be known at this stage, mm-hmm. which she just breezes in. It's like, I can't believe you married that guy that kidnapped me. That was wild. Mm-hmm. And Evie's like, 
oh, do you hate me? Do you want to be friends with her? She's like, are you shitting me? Yeah, no, we're friends. Yeah. Like, stop it. Stop trying to not be friends with me. It's happening. You smell bad. You're going to go bathe, take a nap. Me and my husband will take care of this. And Lillian just, like, gets up and gets on with it in a way that is, like, so beautiful uh-huh. and so sweet. And so between, like, basically Marcus has some also, like, home remedy stuff. So they're just like, listen, he's dying. So let's just throw the kitchen sink at him. Like, uh-huh. let's just do literally everything and, like, who knows? And I think probably what happened within that at some stage is, like, they um, disinfected the wound. They stumbled upon something They stumbled that upon something that it. worked and then, you know, obviously ends up recovering. But um, I love that scene, too, of also, like, Marcus then showing up again. Yeah. You know, in that sort of, like... Westcliff is there for him when uh, he needs him, like a true mm-hmm. friend. Yeah. They're uh, bros. I know. It's very, They're very legit sweet. bros. So then when he's getting better, Evie's like, oh, like, um, human life is really fragile. Like, we can die at any time. So I'm 100% going to fuck my hot husband because, come on. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm trying to prove something to you. I'm trying to prove something to you. And she says, I don't care. She just crawls up she on him. She just that. crawls up on him. And uh, then it's so good. That's a great scene. Well, the best, too, is when he first gets shot and she is like taking off his shirt to like, you know, get to the wound. And she sees that he's been wearing the ring around his neck mm-hmm. on a chain. It's so sweet. Yeah. The whole thing is sweet. Um, so, yeah. So I loved that turn, too, of then Evie becoming the initiator. Because so much of it is Sebastian. Yeah. I mean, it, his arc is great. You do. I see, I start to like him, but I don't love him because he's too close and i think that's probably what it is i think that's probably what it is when i see his petulance when i see Mm -hmm. his vanity when i see uh there's a great scene where cam teaches him to fight because you as the proprietor of a gaming uh gambling hell you have to be able to fight your customers (laughs) you have to be able to beat up i mean that would be your favorite part of a gaming hell i would love that i would love to kick people out uh, we've talked about this. There would be three people in your gaming yeah, hell. Yeah, we've talked maybe about this. Maybe me, maybe Pat, maybe one other person. You guys would get a free bet, no okay. matter what. You, you guys, would beat us of up. Course, of course not. But I can't say that for everybody in our circle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that would I, I want to run a business where I can kick people out. Mm-hmm. That would be my dream. Like never open. Uh, yeah, like my bookstore. If you go back and listen to, I can't remember what episode that is, but listen to all of them. <laughs> uh, I had a bookstore that would only be open when I wanted it to be, and I could close it at any time. That is my dream. <laughs> so Cam is teaching him to fight because he has to kick some people out, and the whole crew conspires to not get rid of this guy so that St. Vincent has to fight him and kick him out just to prove a point. You're going to have to do this. So Cam is teaching him how to fight and showing him all these moves like biting people and kicking them and pulling hair. hair Yeah. And like, yeah, like grabbing their nuts and twisting or whatever and stomping on their foot. And St. Vincent says, gentlemen, don't fight like this. And Cam says, you're not a gentleman. You run Mm -hmm. a gambling hell. You got to be able to kick, bite, pull hair, all that stuff. Made me love Cam more, obviously, because in a fight, that's me. I'm going to do dirt. Because there's no rules in a fight. You just got to win. Pick up an object. You hit him in the head. It's over. You won the fight. Right? So I that's another reason to love Cam. So, But I love that Vincent was able to say, okay, I'm a gentleman. 
but sometimes you can't be a gentleman if you want to do what you want to do. He was able to let that that veil drop, which I really respected. Um, so here's a controversy because I texted you about it. So we already read the fourth book. We won't talk too much about it, but there was a section where Daisy mentions that she had made out with Cam and I texted you and said, when did this happen? And you said it happened in this book. It happened in Devil in Winter when they go in the secret passageway. So Daisy comes to visit and she goes into a secret passageway at the gambling hell and runs into Cam. And I swear to God, I did not remember reading this section, but it existed. Because you you were going on message boards, you said about this. Well, because the thing is, I have a friend at work, Annie, who I lent these books to because she's a romance reader and she wanted to read The Wallflowers, as everyone should. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we were getting ready to record this, and I texted her, and I said, Andy, are you on are – you, you, are you reading Devil in Winter yet? She was there. And I was like, can you look in my book and see if this actually uh, exists? Because I was searching for it online, and there were several people who posted on message boards that said, why don't I remember this? I don't remember this. So she sent me a picture of the page. It was in my book. So the only thing I can think of is that – I blacked out from excitement reading this scene because it was a combination of two of my favorite things, Cam and secret places. Mm. So I think as soon as Daisy goes into a secret passageway, my mind just exploded. And then she runs into Cam and I just couldn't remember my name or where I was. Because there's no way this wouldn't be my favorite scene in this book. Yeah, it's crazy. And so you let me read it on your kind on your uh, on your Kindle edition, and let me tell you, it's explosive. That's what I also like about this series, and why reading this series in order is also so important. Because normally in a romance novel, you don't really go off on the side characters without one of the two main characters, kind of at all. Mm-hmm. It's not often, and here you get that where you're like. We know you love Daisy, so here's a few Daisy scenes. Or or you see a little bit more behind the scenes with the other characters, which I love. So this was a scene just about Daisy and Cam. Mm-hmm. It didn't affect the rest of the story at all. But it was just like a little moment that we got that was so fantastic. Um, I thought you were going to say that this was like, you know, what's that called? Or the, like the Bernstein, Bernstein bears? Oh, it's a Mandela effect. I thought you were going to say it was a Mandela effect. I'm not putting it. Listen, I'm not putting it past it. I mean, I feel like maybe when I was reading it, I was in a different dimension, and then I am now in a separate dimension where Mm -hmm. this actually exists. Yeah. I'm not putting it past. I mean, that's the most logical explanation for it. Because I love this book, and I did read it from uh, cover to cover. I read these books from cover to cover, right? So uh, You don't do any scanning, skimming? I don't do any skimming, no. Because with these books, you need to really – there's a lot of nuance to them, and especially like – when you're when you're reading a romance, it's little things that matter. Their little interactions, the things they say to each other, their even the way they uh, move and react when somebody else is in the room. You have to read all that stuff. So I make sure to read it all. So I, I it's gotta it's gotta be the Mandela effect, or I passed out from excitement. I yeah, it's hard to say. I think they're <laughs> both really really likely. Exactly. 
Um, I mean, because that is the big controversy, too. Uh, maybe we should talk about this next week, next episode, but about how everybody wants Daisy with Cam. Yeah, so we can talk about this in the next episode. Yeah, so yeah, definitely put a pin in it. Mm-hmm. Um, what? So, and we see the wallflowers. They all also just immediately show up for Evie too. They all um, continue to say that they think that she's been kidnapped by Saint Vincent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they keep showing up and being like, "We'll take you away." And she's <laughs> like, "No, I want to be here. This is fine." Well, they're good friends in the sense that they want to look out for her, but also are kind of we'll be here if this blows up but we'll allow it to happen as 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 long as you're okay with it right because they i knew they would they would be there if saint vincent turned on her or anything bad happened which wasn't going to happen but when you read these books you put it out of your mind you like you said uh, earlier there'll be things where you'll say how is this how are they going to get together <laughs> and you know they're going to get together yeah. but when a really good author has you they can make you believe that the inevitable is not going to happen. And that's what Clay Pass can do. Mm-hmm. Would you? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Both. Yeah. Mm. You don't see, yeah, see, you know, it doesn't seem like a no-brainer to me. Well, St. Vincent for sure, because he was real good at putting it down. So skill-based. Yes. You'd say 100%. St. Vincent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was flipping her around. It was great. <laughs> what about Evie? I don't know about Evie. Evie doesn't have the raw sexual power of a Lillian. No. You know what I mean? And it's like, I lo- would I be friends with Evie? Yes. Obviously. We would hang out. I think she'd be really sweet. She'd be really fun. But I don't know if I'm like gunning for her. She was somebody who I had a really hard time also picturing what she looked like. Yes. I couldn't. Yeah, I could never keep her in my mind. All the other wallflowers I have a very strong picture of. Mm-hmm. And her I don't. Like you said, I don't think there's anything that stands out exceptionally about her physically. No. Well, in a, like in a purely like raw sexual way, uh-huh. I don't think she's like over, like super sexual. Because also I think it's something that like St. Vincent brings out in her. In a way. So it's like, would I Evie? No. But I loved Evie. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I love how nuanced our <laughs> would you fuck them segment has become because it used to be just, yes, of course. Of course, I fuck everything. I would fuck everything. But the way you're thinking of that is exactly the way I thought of it, where I'm not St. Vincent. Although, like I said, I do have things that- You are St. Vincent. That, that, that remind me of St. Vincent, but- You have a, you have a much nicer parents- Oh, I have wonderful parents. very sweet parents, yeah. Very wonderful parents. But Evie, something about St. Vincent makes her sexual. Mm -hmm. Makes her unlock that within herself. And I, I'm not, I wouldn't unlock, I wouldn't be unlocking that. (laughs) Are you selling yourself short? Well, no, I don't believe that I would unlock it because they're meant, they're meant to be together. Yeah. Right? So she, Vincent is her one. So he brings out the sexuality that she wouldn't have with somebody like me. So I'm going to say no on Evie for that. Not that, like I said, I would be friends with her. I would want to hang out with her, but I would not fuck her. St. Vincent. Mm, What everyone wants to know. I'm going to, I, people are going to be very angry. I think this is no, I'm going to explain to you why. Okay. There is a level of promiscuity not a fan of when it comes to St. Vincent. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. This is not slut shaming across the board. This is a very individual thing about St. Vincent that I, he, he was a rake and it's fine, but I, 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 and I know he's a reformed rake, but it's hard. It would be hard for me to, to not think of him in that way, at least a little bit. And physically he's maybe more of a pretty boy than I want because me being very vain and things like that, I don't want somebody else's the same way. It'd be a nightmare. So me and him, I don't think would work. So putting it down, yes, he can put it down, but there's plenty of guys who can put it down. So I'm going to say I wouldn't fuck St. Vincent. Wow. 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 Old face lies. No, not a lie. I, no, I think, yeah. Well, did you have any, like, famous people or anything that you were thinking looked like St. Vincent? Not really. Me neither. No. But I could picture it, because she kept saying that he was, like, they used some fancy word for angelic, and I was like, yeah, I can see him like that. You know, like, um, net, not Jared Leto necessarily, but somebody like Jared Leto. Like who, that pretty. Who is so pretty that it's too pretty. Uh, would be I wouldn't I'd be like you're you're not even a human. Yeah, I I need somebody who has a little bit of roughness to them. A craven. A craven with exactly. a scar down his face. Yeah. Now Cam on the other, of course I'd fuck yeah. Cam. We could talk about Cam. We'll talk about Cam with the Hawthorns. But yes, a hundred percent Hathaways. Yeah. What about you, Cam? Oh yeah. You gotta before I even knew it. Yeah. He'd walk in the room and be like, well, my clothes are gone. Uh, yeah. Why am I? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I probably, Sarah, I'm dead to you. Oh. I'm dead to you now. R.I.P. R.I.P. Clayton. Yeah. 2019. <laughs> you had a good run. 1991 to 2019. <laughs> you were not born in 1991, <laughs> you liar. <laughs> I know. Uh, for a second, I was like, you're that much younger than me? No, no you're older than me. How dare you? You are. Yeah. Um, are you ready for Goodreads list? Of course. I'm always, this is have to be every list. This was on a cool 13 pages of lists. Yes. And we're doing them all. Uh, no, I picked mine. But also, like, I did pick quite a few. Okay, that's great. So I didn't have many tropes. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I, I love the Goodreads, Goodreads list. I love judging what people put on these lists. All right. So stop me if you want to talk about it. Favorite historical romance novels? Yes. Yeah. Uh, best rogue rake romance novels? Yes. Best historical romances where the quiet, unusual girl gets the guy? You know what? Actually, she is quiet. So I yeah. will say yes. And a little unusual. The, we didn't talk about her stutter at all. Because it's really not... Uh, it, it comes and goes, and I guess when she gets more confident, it, it it goes away. But it also does come back. So it's not like she – he did not cure her stutter, which I think would have been cool. <laughs> if, no. If his, like, dick – his deep cured dick it. and cured it. I know, because we didn't talk about how she has a magic pussy. Yeah, she – I mean, yeah. She does have a magic pussy. Um, That's one of my tropes, so we'll, go, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it then. Um, Villain as romantic love interests? Yeah. A hundred historical romances to read before you die. Um, yes. Yeah, I would say a hundred. Yeah, this is on the list. Oh, of yeah, yeah. Bad boys meet the virgins. Everyone's favorite. Yeah, virgins and the men who possess them. 
did he possess her? I mean, no, she possessed him. Yeah, she she set this whole thing up. Yeah, uh, convenience arranged marriage. Yes, plain Jane and hot stud romance novels. Is she a plain Jane? Not really. No, she's I think beautiful. she's beautiful. But is it the sort of thing where, like, when you love somebody, they become beautiful? Or do you think she's just, like... I think she was a hottie, not a naughty. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you love a bad boy or tortured hero? Yes. Romance novels to read again and again. I would read this again, yes. Yeah, I've read it three, four times, so I already have. Character you most want to sleep with? Cam. <laughs> Does Cam He's count? in the book. He's in the book. But, no, I mean, No. But I understand why it's on the list. Scars are sexy. Books with imperfect, disfigured, disabled heroes. With a bullet wound, is that what we're saying as a scar? I was very confused by that one because if anything, like St. Vincent is perfect. Well, yeah, his he's that's one of the reasons why I don't like him as much is he's got a perfect face and his yeah. body is perfect. I guess is it the scar, or like the scar from the bullet wound? That'd be the only thing. Um, next is your favorite guess. Fresh, fresh scent of pining hero. It is. Yes. <laughs> slow burn romance. I guess they is a slow. Once they're, I mean, I this is a slow. Burn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fictional males that make you squirm in a good way. Cam. Oh no. Um, cry tearjerker romances. This was sad. Uh, yeah, and I did. Uh, I was affected by the shaving scene. Yeah. Virgin heroines, alpha males. Again, is he an alpha? He Clayton. Okay, uh, I, because I don't. I guess I don't know what an alpha is. He's an alpha. If every time she like hugs Cam, who's uh, pretty much yeah, like her brother, jealous, yeah, then he like loses it. Yeah, and okay. he tries to boss her in constantly. The best is he's like, "You got to leave," and she's like, "All right, I'll start packing." And then a week later, she's like, "Still packing." He's mm-hmm. like, "You have four dresses," and I love it. She just is like, uh, she has like a stubborn streak that sort of i guess is a hidden she's quietly powerful yeah. w- one of the funny things though too when we're talking about dresses is that so she was mourning her father and saint vincent buys her a bunch of like mourning clothes that are completely inappropriate shading mm-hmm. and then annabelle brings her some clothes that are also not appropriate for full-on mourning they're really only appropriate for half mourning <laughs> which i thought was so funny it's like nobody knows what to mourn in <laughs> and they're so specific in what you need to wear when you mourn oh yes i mean we could go down a rabbit hole of this but at the costume institute two or three years ago they did an exhibit on mourning clothes and it was fascinating. That is, I, I do think that's fascinating. And so basically, like, what she talks about, it's um, not crinlin, but it's like a certain fabric that you basically had to wear for, like, the first year. A it, year? Well, no, it depended on who it was. So, like, if your great uncle died, you would have to be in mourning, but it, you wouldn't have to be in that long. Versus, like, a husband or a child or a parent, you would mourn. It was, like, very specific. So you would wear this, like, awful or crepe. You would wear it for, like, six months or a year. And that was full mourning. Basically, mm-hmm. you couldn't go out. You couldn't really receive visitors other than, like, very, very close friends or family. You couldn't do anything. Then you were in half mourning where you could wear purples and grays and blacks. But uh, other fabrics. But nothing too ostentatious. And so then that would have to be, like, maybe six. Like You weren't out of mourning for three years. Oh, my gosh. If it was, like, a husband or father. So Like, she really fucked it up. But, you know, whatever. Guys... Can I just say, 
when I die, just pajama bottoms to work one day and that's it. <laughs> what color? It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. See, that's it doesn't matter. Just jammies? Just got to be jammies. Okay. And just the bottoms. You can wear whatever you want on top. <laughs> Button up, tie, whatever you want to do. Yeah. You can wear a nice blouse. Just PJ bottoms one day. It isn't, but if you want to research it, it's really, really Yeah, I, that, I do. I, I will do that. Um, historical romances featuring blue stocking scholars and independent misses. Yes. Ish, right? Was she independent? Independent yeah. miss. Yeah, she I mean she got away from her family, so Yeah. Um love hate relationships. Yeah. Well they never hated each other. It wasn't hate, but there was I do think that she was uneasy about him. Yeah. She really was at the lowest ebb to go to him, the devil himself, and ask to get taken out of her situation, which was a bad situation because there was physical abuse. Yeah. Her uncle was hitting her. Totally. But I don't think she ever hated him. I think she was like just trying to be indifferent towards him and he was really a means to an end. Like she was using him. Mm-hmm. Um, love in the merchant class or working class? Neither of them are working class. I, I mean, guess he she, becomes, she's an heiress. He yeah. becomes kind of work. Well, no, because he's still rich, fancy yeah. boy. He's a fancy lad. <laughs> so, no. Mistreated heroines. Yes. Well, I mean, she yeah, was mistreated yeah. by her uncle and her aunt. And not really mistreated by St. Vincent. No. So, but, but, yeah, she was mistreated. I mean, she, it is funny because he does say all these, like, really cruel and mean things to her. And it's the sort of thing where she just, like, never believes him. She says, I know you. That's not true. Yeah. Or he's like, I just put, like, he says nasty things to her. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, if you had a friend who came to you and said, this is what my uh, my partner says to me, you'd say, get the fuck out of there. Right. I'm going to slap this guy like up. it's almost like an Archie Bunker that you're just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Is that his name? Archie Bunker? Yeah. Yeah. Bunker is their last name? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Feels wrong. All right. Uh, male characters we desperately wish were real. Cam, yes. People are going to be so <laughs> mad at me. Historical romances where she proposes. Yeah. Best banter and romance. They had a solid banter. They did have good banter, yes. Yeah. Um, the best of Lisa Claypass. Now, somebody who's read a limited amount of Claypass, uh, I will say this is of the f- four books that I've read, or five books, I guess, uh, I would say it's this under dreaming of you. It's my second favorite. Ooh, yeah. Oh, okay. But I've only read five, so right. That'll listen. This I told like this will turn into the clay ca- cast yeah. real quick. Um, beauty burden male. The, his beauty is a burden. I would say yeah, because I wouldn't fuck him. <laughs> Too beautiful. That must be burdensome uh, for him to know. <laughs> <laughs> Ginger women, redheaded heroine in romance. I guess she is ginger. Yeah, I mean, it's like a fact-based yeah. one. Like, she is redhead. Your favorite couples in historical romance. I, I could see why someone would say that, but it wouldn't be on my list. All right. So you, that can stay on the list, but it wouldn't be on my list. Next. Tropes. Tropes. What are your tropes? Let's do it. Rake. Virgin heroine. Anvil wedding, age difference, because he's 32 and she's 23, bad family, 
he had a bad family, she has a bad family, bad uncle, he hits her, <laughs> not cool, bad aunt, we don't hear much about her, but she does she definitely, yeah, too. she sucks, we know she sucks. Um, Hero saves heroin, because he jumped in front of that bullet, secret passageways, um, and we talked about this earlier, um, appropriate morning attire uh, is a trope. Um, so those my tropes, what do you have? Magic pussy. Magic pussy. Because he basically fucks her once. It's like, she's the only one I ever want to fuck for the rest of my life. And listen, good for her. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for it. Yeah. Um, sex contract, which I love. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, marriage of convenience, reformed rake. Wallflower, stuttering heroin, gaming hell, hero saves heroin's life, bad family. Uh, yes. All true. Yeah. Anything else? Any last words? Um, well, for Sarah, who I am dead to, uh, <laughs> remember me this way. Wear sweatpants uh, or, your, or your PJ pants to work uh, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Or I guess Thursday, because you listen to this on Wednesday. And then, so yeah, to mourn me. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, this is a great book. It, the high point of the series, I th- I think... Uh, I love the the other books as well, but I do think this was, if I was going to recommend a book from the series and someone says, I don't have the time for all three, this would be the one. All four. Oh, sorry. Uh, All four. I would say this is the one. Yeah, definitely. And you might like Vincent better if you don't read the previous book because it's only mentioned very, uh, very fast that he kidnap Lillian. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem as weird and as wrong when you just hear it and don't experience it. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. Is this your favorite of the four? I don't know. Oh. Maybe we'll discuss that at the end of next week's episode. Titillating. <laughs> what has you swooning this week? Oh, so, uh, this week I am swooning about a album from an artist that I really love Carly Rae Jepsen <laughs> are you a fan mm, I mean like when I hear her music I do it's I like it so she came out with a new album called Dedicated and I've been listening to it while I'm um, reading the wallflowers <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah it's just really good and she seems like a really fun uh, person if you want something that's kind of light and fun and makes you think about love in a way that's when you used to have those butterflies in your stomach that's the kind of music she makes so i would say check out this album and yeah that's my what i'm swooning about this swooning about this week um so i'm swooning about something that's sort of like a piggyback off of what you're swooning you swooned about a while ago what could it be i don't know um fleabag season two on amazon and so producer patty we watched the first two episodes together and then i finished them all last night with his permission of course with consent Mm-hmm. so it's basically like fleabag is this character from season one her life is kind of a mess season two is she's basically has decided to try to do better 
So it's just really, really well done of watching somebody try to be better. Because I think also in society, or there's been a lot of um, shows and movies just about people like, and their lives are a mess. And I think that it's like the the noble and heroic thing is to try to make your life better and to try to be a good person. And I think that's really hard. I find it very difficult. I mean, the thing that gets me most excited in this world is just like uh, women's women's creative excellence. And that's this, this it's like a cut above on anything else you've ever seen. So if you've only seen season one, watch season two, if you haven't seen any of it, see it, it's on Amazon. It's worth it. It's amazing. It'll change your life. Flew back. Aaron, where can they find us? <laughs> so, you know, we always say rate, review, subscribe. You guys have done such an excellent job and yeah. we have loved it. And we read every single um, review that's left and we screenshot it and send it to each other and mm. we all swoon over them. So <laughs> thank you very much because Clayton doesn't I don't have, have access, access to <laughs> Um You can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We love recommendations. We love kind of anything just hearing from you it's really really fun on twitter we're at learning tropes on instagram we are at learning the tropes and then again we do have our facebook group learning the tropes troop which is a lot of fun so come on by that and we're, there's gonna be a lot of talk after this about cam. i'm sure cam and saint vincent so get in i'm there. ready for it let's get yeah. dirty it's a closed group you have to answer some questions but also like spoiler alert i'm gonna let you in i just want to <laughs> make sure there's not like weirdo bots or something yes um, and then you're never going to guess what next week is. I, I can't even think what would it be. It is the final, well, full-length novel in the Wallflower series, Scandal in Spring by Lisa Claypass. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. The finale everybody's waiting for. Yeah. The, the biggest finale to happen, I think, <laughs> this month. Uh-huh. There's no other, like, big... I can't think of anything. Nothing. No big, big cultural phenomenons happening. Nope. Just yeah. us. Just us. Just this. Just the wallflowers. Anyway, guys, uh, we had a lot of fun. Hope you did, too. Um, you know, reach out to us. We love hearing from you. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.